Welcome to Get Your Rocks Off with Mick Wall, the world's leading rock and metal writer. Each week, he'll unpack stories, stories that you won't find in print. So pour yourself a Jack and Coke and get ready to get your rocks off. This episode is brought to you by the Get Your Store. For all of your Get Your Rocks Off merch, including t-shirts, face masks, and yep, Hotel Tropicana coffee mugs, head over to getyourstore.com. And today on Get Your Rocks Off, Get your rocks we're going to be talking about Deep Purple Legend, Magnifico guitarist, Rainbow... Been... No, 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 don't like... interrupt, don't interrupt. Rainbow Legend and, and Blackmore's Night Visionary. Reaching for that one. And, <laughs> and, and... Uh, John doesn't. John, you didn't know he was in Deep Purple, did you, John? You, you, you thought <laughs> he just like because you were just intro, a baby. You thought he came sh- along in Rainbow. The intro to this show. It's almost like you've just piled straight in, as if you forgot to press record on the twenty minutes we've just done. No, no. You see, you see. Now that's that's not the actuality. Proper podcast. When when I was phoned up about this proper podcast, they have a producer. They don't just have a someone pressing a button. And sometimes not the right Yeah, not the right Because I believe in spontaneity and improvisation. As an artist... As Richie does. Me and Richie have a lot in common. On the bit you'll never hear, the bit we we didn't record, when I was speaking about Rainbow on stage, and Richie, diddle little 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 16th century Greensleeves. Yeah, I wasn't disappointed we didn't keep that, but... But what, what we established in the podcast you'll never hear, it's a bit like a great unreleased album. Yeah, it is. If never, only you could hear it's like it. It's like the, so those, those sessions, and then 20 years later they get released. The and so people and go, so why sessions. didn't they release the original? Yeah, yeah and then you hear it. The bit go, where oh, John okay. goes on and on and on about how <laughs> Deep, Deep yeah, Purple yeah. have nothing to do with the Richie Blackmore and then story. You, and then you hear it. And you go, and you go, oh, that's why they didn't release it. No, no, you go, well, Mick was good. <laughs> It, when he could get a fucking word in edgeways, he was fine. You were just going on. It was like the history of Deep Purple. If you want to know the history, if you want to know the history of Deep Purple, I'm sure okay, there are other podcasts okay. where Let's, people go, "Oh, on the 16th of November, 1852." That, that, that's what I was doing, yeah. is it? Well, <laughs> really, that's interesting. I'm exaggerating. I'm going to release slightly. the tapes. Well, you can't because you didn't fucking record it. No, I did record it, but only one channel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's guess what channel that was. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'll go back and have a play. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah. Um, it was before John was born because he's just <laughs> a, bo- a boy, you know. But uh, for those of us of a certain golden generation, Deep Purple yeah. were a game-changing band because uh, these days it's such a cliche, it's tap-esque. But back then, and this, was, and this is entirely Richie's innovation was to go, I'm really into classical music, I'm really into rock music, but rock music at a time when uh, it's still the Beatles and the Stones, only cream of of kind of gone into the realm of improvisation, extended jams. Blackmore takes that, plus gets his Ludwig van Beethoven wig on and absolutely goes for it. I mean, John Lord also had a 
Yeah, Lordy. Oh, he loved it. He loved a bit of a bit of a food. Who came up with concerto for group and orchestra? Well, that was John Lord. Lordy. But Richie didn't exactly stand in his way. No, Richie was like, yeah. And I'll be the conductor. Yeah, I'll be the conductor and lead. I'm still lead guitarist. With my black baton. Yeah. Because yeah. he is none more black. He is. Well, he's black he is, he is. He is more black. Is that he his is real none na- Is that his more. real name? Is that his real name? Is, is your name your destiny? That's the question. Well, yeah, well, I'm flummoxed now. My mind is, my lid has flapped open and my mind is roaming. Yeah. Speaking of the astral planes, before we get into the history of Deep Purple, yeah, which we're not side into. two of the fourth album, yeah, whatever, whatever that, that was, was yeah. um, <laughs> Richie Blackmore, uh, brilliant player, I think underrated. People go, oh, Clapton, Beck. I don't. They. <laughs> well, people, yeah, people. People. People that we don't know. People that no, don't listen no, to this podcast. No. Oh, Clapton, Beck, those people. No. No, no, but I'm saying the, po- Blackmore, the popular in page, the- I owe me. They're yeah, the but three. That's, that's that's us. That's us. Yes, that's why but, people are here. Yes, yes. But what I'm saying is, in popular culture, <laughs> yeah. they all go, "Oh, Hendrix, Clapton, yada yada yada." But we know, we know that Richie's better. That Blackmore, in particular, I mean, Page, fantastic player. I once asked Richie Blackmore, what do you think? And I, I said, I want to throw some guitarists at you. And I mentioned yeah, yeah. Jimmy Page. And he gave me a great reply, which I think is entirely accurate. I said, I forget who else I asked him. I said, and Jimmy Page. And he went, um, he said, really good colour. Really yeah. good colour. He brings really good colour. And I thought, yeah. Because, yeah. because technically Page uh, is not, uh, in no way could he obviously he's not a shredder but like you know how Clapton will pick a certain note and Blackmore was brilliant on these a flurry of solos we go up and down the neck where Jimmy would be different every yeah. time some nights yeah. dreadful yeah. and other but no, nights no he was great. brilliant he would do those um, I mean he, like start the rain song or something you know just those chords and that weird tuning he was yeah. Or if you think of exactly, or that, you think and of you go, where does that come from? Song remains the same. Yeah, yeah. He's more of a kind of a producer. Which whole lot of love. Black dog. That was so. Is it true, by the way, what you told me before we started? Is it true what you told me that Zeppelin wrote Black Dog about Blackmore? Everything I say is true. About Blackmore. I've got a black dog down here. Hey, hey, mama, said the way you move, going to make you... In fact, they don't say Black Dog in the song, do they? I don't know. No, no. no. So um, I just think Blackmore is hugely underrated. Yeah, but you this started off, right? Can I say you started that little rant or whatever it was, with the words astral plane. Oh, yeah, I was going to get to that. (laughs) (laughs) On you go. So, uh, well, I want to say, first of all, he's very... uh, Underrated. Underrated as a guitarist. Not by me. Not by you and not by me, but but in that general I know what you mean. He's not in the conversation. He's not in the conversation. When that conversation is Which sucks, totally sucks. Uh, so he's this very charismatic figure. He does always dress in black. I mean, I, I saw a YouTube video in recent years from a contemporary video where he's talking about he has black socks, black underpants, <laughs> black hanky. 
Everything's black. Yeah, yeah. Black curtains. Yeah. Probably only drinks black tea. You know, probably only drinks Guinness with the head taken no, off. No one knows, do they? Um, uh, but because he also had this quality that Paige shared of being, <gasps> is there a touch of the supernatural? Yes. And when, I, and when I was buying albums like Who Do We Think We Are or Burn, um, in those days, amongst people of my age, there was this idea that Paige and Blackmore were both so heavily involved in the occult, but they were kind of bitter rival enemies. And on the astral them, plane. On the astral yeah. plane, that they would engage in battles. Yeah. Well, I remember one some that person def- telling that me... That definitely happened. Someone told me... Page or Blackmore, whichever one it is, they have it set up so that on the astral plane they are literally flying through the air with a yeah. sword in their hand. I'm, I'm telling you this is a Dennis Wheatley novel. I've, <laughs> I've definitely read it. I had this period of reading. The, the, are you sure it wasn't like, a deep it, it, purple it was, biography? No, it was The Devil Rides Out. Ah, and now thing, you're oh, Yeah, things like that. And, uh, and, yeah, there was one which just went... Because comp- The Devil Rides Out was quite good. It was just kind of about a Ouija board or whatever. But then it, get, it goes completely nuts. One of them goes completely nuts because he obviously has to finish the book or something. You, you know how it is when you're writing and the deadline's looming. You think you've written yourself into a corner. You think, how do I get out of this I, one? I never I know, allow. I, I never allow those considerations. The astral plane. <laughs> That's why at the end of the Dio biography, you'll find... Yeah. I am but, not revealing anything that's in that book except to say... Ronnie Dio's in it, I hope. Well, yes, of course. Yeah. Um, well, then you're revealing that, no, well, you? Ronnie is fascinating on the subject of, of Richie. Of Richie yes. Um, yes. And, and whether it's his playing or this, because, this, because this, this occult aspect yeah, this, I mean, you know, this adversarial aspect that we're kind of joking about on the astral plane, but Blackmore has a sort of a spiky personality, I think, where his best comes when he's butting up against someone. Yeah. So... You know, he, he, I mean, whether he... You he, mean like he, the great Ali Frazier? Yeah, yeah, you need it. McEnroe Ball. You kind of need an opponent, don't you? Maybe that was per Page in the early days, but very soon it's people within the band. He wants to, you know, that creative tension is what he seeks out. So he has it with Ian Gillen. Gillen goes, Coverdale comes along, well, well, and Glenn yeah. Hughes. And then it gets too funky, so he storms off. Well, Gillen, but, Gillen, the reason Gillen left, one of the reasons Gillen left was because he couldn't stand Blackmore anymore. Yeah. Uh, and Blackmore could never stand these dilettantish singers that get all the attention. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the two of them, tr- I think, li- really did hate each other, you know. Yeah. But, but Ronnie... Um, and other people, Cozy Powell, I remember telling me um, that when he was in Rainbow uh, on that tour, the the the, the live album came. Yeah, it from. was the Rising tour. Yeah, yeah. That, that was really the classic lineup of oh. Rainbow: Jimmy Bain, Cozy Powell, Ronnie, yeah. Richie, yeah, Tony it, Carey. Tony Carey, wasn't it? Yeah, on keyboard. Yeah. He was saying that there were certain gigs. You know, the Deep Purple used to complain in the nineties when they got back together before Richie left for the final time that he wouldn't come out to do encores yeah. or he'd be difficult. Yeah. Because he said there were times in the 70s when he just would walk out, he wouldn't do the gig, or he'd climb out a window yeah. and, just, uh, and just, you know, this, this, he wasn't kidding. This wasn't a show he was putting on uh, to make himself notorious. He couldn't help it. Yeah. He really was... Mercurial. Mercurial, a yeah. true artist. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think he was. I think he was, yeah. Still is. Yeah, still is, yeah. But that, that I mean, so he butts up against Gillen, he butts up against Ronnie Dio, and then he... Well, the thing with... Well, I think Coverdale and Glenn Hughes, I think particularly Glenn Hughes, because Coverdale was his baby, wasn't he? Yeah, he did. I mean, he didn't last... How many albums did they do? Two, three? Two. 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 Burn and Stormbringer. Yeah, so he doesn't last that long. And then... Richie did a, a a track in London with Ronnie, which was that green sixteenth um, century green sleeves. Yeah, be, because uh, Ronnie, and that was where Ronnie uh, kind of found his focus. Well, he did. As well. It's only been an hour since he locked her in, in the, the tower, tower, but the time is pretty. You know it, didn't you? You know it. You have got it's it great. imprinted on your oh, heart. Yeah. Well, before that, when Ronnie was in Elf, they were ba- they were they were like. <laughs> They were like Elf well, is brilliant, isn't they it? They were well. They were the electric elves. Yeah, they were, yeah. Then they were the elves, <clears throat> and then they were Legit. elf. Elf, yeah, yeah. Elf, it's cool. That was the age where elves yeah. were like slightly mysterious, you know. Yes, except elf were like Rod Stewart and the Faces. They were like a good time. Yeah, bit of, yeah. When yeah, you hear hey, those, mama. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. you know dance all night and all that kind of stuff. But he gets together with Richie and Ronnie, who is this incredibly well-read guy interested in history and medieval Mm. history and science and it's the perfect match and so and so ronnie finds his meow but it's funny because the two personalities are funny you know you've got blackmore who is this yeah he's mercurial but he's also a practical joker he's very english in many ways very you know his humor very dry um, bitter yeah <laughs> and then ronnie who's you know who is a, a forceful personality but trapped in the body of you know a little guy you know a little kind of elfy type guy <laughs> so well, you've got, uh, richie richie's uh, like i've got to tell you right the the, the first, when i realized re, what a kind of fearsome physical specimen richie blackmore was was we played football against him Kerrang. uh when he was back in deep purple and Kerrang had a football team, which I think we've mentioned before, debuted against Iron Maiden in, in you know, deteriorating <laughs> circumstances. Had a bad second half, as they say. And, Six uh, beers at y- half-time yeah, later. Well, yeah, yeah, could barely stand. So we were offered a game against Deep Purple. It's basically their road crew, but, and it was, it was a, I just remember it was a rainy day. And of course, Blackmore wasn't there at the start. And there's this whole thing: is he going to turn up? Is he not? <laughs> and with, I mean, it was brilliant. I have to say, it was brilliant. A limo arrives, drives up to the side of the pitch. You know, drives over the other football pitches. And a bloke with an umbrella gets out and holds it over, and Richie gets out in his football kit. Right? <laughs> so he looks brilliant. He's standing on the touchline with, with this umbrella over him because it's pissing down with rain. The game's already started. We're playing, but then he sort of makes this signal. And someone comes off and he comes on. And he was a brilliant footballer. Mm. I and mean, I'm not he was, I mean, like, we weren't very, you know, obviously weren't very good. He was really good. And like much bigger than you'd expect, much faster than you'd expect, much stronger than you'd expect from seeing him on stage, you know. And was and he kind of he kept going off and coming back on. So he'd stand back under the umbrella for a while when he got his breath back. And then he'd get a gesture and some other someone else would have to come off and he'd come back on. But it was very funny. Well, that, that same period, same period, um, something ni- almost similar happened with me, uh, except um, I'll, I'll, I'll preface this by pointing out that whenever you talk about the Kerrang football team, 
I was never there. No. I, I, I wasn't in the team. No. I, I only think I found out about the team in our conversations <laughs> all these years later. Because by then, although I'd been an extraordinarily athletic young man, yeah. by the time I got to my mid to late 20s, I, I, had, I had moved on yeah. to yeah. other pleasures that incapacitated my physical prowess. Yeah. Well, you somewhat. would have been quite good because there was quite a lot of fighting, which you would have been... <laughs> So listen, so what happens is, is the reform, this is 84, 85, yeah. 85, right. the reformed Deep Purple. Perfect Strangers. Didn't they used to call the Deep Purple football team Perfect Street Rangers? <laughs> no, no, Ian Gillen that used to have been very make good jo- jokes. Maybe they did, I, I can't remember now. Anyway, I really can't remember. Um, so, uh, sorry, he's there's here. a dog, oh, he's over he's there, here. okay, um. I'm asked to do a kind of a preview piece on the fact that Purple are coming to headline Nebworth. Right, well, Nebworth they is they? legendary, yeah, yeah. legendary, hundred thousand, legendary venue, legendary yeah. venue. Who'd you get, Mick Wall? They, well, That's obviously. the way it went. That's the yeah. way it went. Yeah. So they said it's going to be a phoner with Richie. Just you know, like one a of those phoner. things. Phoner. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we're yeah. really looking forward to it. The most heated form of any interview in those days, yeah. definitely oh, yeah, because yeah. it was all face to face. Yeah, phoner was what horrible. The, that was what the divs that weren't allowed in the room yeah, got. would would do, and it was because the technology wasn't there. It was difficult to record and. Oh, you, you used know. to record yours. Didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's like it's going to be a fifteen-minute phone with Richie. Oh, you know, it's going to be grey, bloody, bloody, blah. And uh, except we know it's him, so it probably won't go exactly. It probably won't be great. That's what you're thinking. It won't so, be 15 minutes, and it won't be. It could be. Probably what it's going to be. It's either going to be one minute, or it's yeah. going to be three hours. You know. It's, well, it's you're like, you're on. You've definitely on the scent here, but yeah. you'll never get. I mean, this is so. I'm trying to ring him, and I can't get through. And it's like he's going to ring you back, and where two hours. Where, can you remember where he was? Oh, he was at home in, it's in Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, Connecticut he lives. Because it has a nightly connection, doesn't it? The court of Connecticut. Does it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, it's not happening, it's not happening. And I'm thinking, this is a drag. And then about three hours later, I get a phone call from whoever the PR was. And she says, um, the thing is, uh, Richie doesn't really want to do this on the phone. He, he will only do it face to face. And I went... Okay, um, but he's in America, right? She went, yeah. I said, the deadline for this, this is like a Thursday. It might even be a Friday. Yeah. I think it was a Friday. Yeah. And, you know, Krang was weak. No, Krang wasn't weekly in those days. But whatever the deadline was, because it wasn't weekly, we had to have that story in by Monday morning so yeah. that it could be ready for the issue deadlines. that came out in time for... Deadlines. No, deadlines. Yeah. Um, I said... Uh, what do you say? She said, well, he says if you'll go to him in New York, he'll meet you. We'll do the interview there. And I'm like, it's Friday yeah, it's afternoon. Friday. I'm going to get the story in for Monday. Yeah. She said, well, that's the only way he's going to do it. Yeah. So I, I rang Malcolm to do it. Jeff, Jeff Barton. Um, and he said, yeah, go for it. Just do a big interview. You're going to meet him face yeah, to do, face. Yeah, do a big, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay. Go big or go home. Literally. As they say. So first thing, Saturday morning, I'm on the plane going to New York. It's all very sudden. And um, get there. 
I've got this wrong. It was a Friday. I, was, I literally put the phone down and run to Heathrow. And yeah, take that's more like it. No, that's exactly what happened. And then you, you, you get there and it's like 8 o'clock at night over there, but for you it's 1 in the yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah. And um, I had to go to a certain hotel. You get that cab from JFK into the city. It takes forever. It's, oh. On a Friday night, yeah, can you imagine? Jesus. So I'm sweating, I'm stressed, I'm, you know. And um, I get to the hotel and I check in. I'm like, is there any message? No. Has there been a Mr Blackmore? No. <laughs> so um, I've got the number of his manager or whoever yeah. it is, some slave. And um, he says, uh, oh, no, Richie... We'll meet you in the bar of the hotel at 10 o'clock. Okay, so I get myself ready, get it all together. I'm in that bar at quarter to 10, waiting. 10 o'clock comes, nothing. 10.15, nothing. 10.30, nothing. And the thing is, even though it's a Friday night, it, it, it's fairly empty, this bar, probably because it's Friday night and you're in New York and there's a million places to go. Yeah. Um, but I'm worried if I go, because no mobile phone, so I'm worried if I go to my room to ring this bloke yeah. and say he's not here. Richie walks in, sees you're not there, goes, fuck McWall. That so, I, so I go to the guy behind the bar, I say, look, I'm meeting someone here, he, da, 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 I'm going to go to my room. You won't miss him, very tall. And black. Dressed in black. Black, yes. Um, he said, don't worry, blah, blah, blah. So I run to my room, ring the guy, and the guy goes, Richie's there now. I'm like, what? I've literally, he goes, he goes, you better hurry. Richie's there now. Fuck. So I slam down the phone, elevated, yeah. in the bar, nothing. I'm like to the guy, did someone come in? He said, nope. I said, oh, I was told he was here. Someone came in. He said, no, nothing. Did you say, is there another bar? No, it was, uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> Fuck off. I, I may have done. I probably no, did. I yeah. prob- I'm very yeah. thorough. You, know. you would have got your people <laughs> to see if there was another bar. Oh, yeah. 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 So I'm sitting there. It's now gone 11. Oh, dear. I'm like, fuck's sake. So I go to my, look, I'm going to go back to my room and ring them again. Yeah, if he comes if anybody, in. Please, here's my room. Bloke. Ring me in my, you know. Yeah. So I go back to my room. I ring this guy and he goes, Richie's really pissed off with you. I'm like, I'm but there. why? I'm here. I'm here. He goes, Richie waited for you for an hour and you didn't show up. And I'm like, I've been sat there the whole... He goes, I, I don't think this is going to work. I'm like, what? He goes, I'll call you back. And he hangs up. I'm Who like, is oh, this bloke? Some, you know, something manager. Yeah. I don't know. So um, uh, about half past 12 at night, I'm sort of in bed with my... Yeah, I yeah tucked yeah. up. It's yeah. like half five in the morning yeah. for me. I mean, in those days, I, I only slept once every once a week, you yeah. know, so... But now is Nevertheless, the time. now's my time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, God, I'm so fucked. You know, just that whole feeling of confusion and failure. Yeah. And the phone goes, and it's the bloke, and he goes, okay, here's what's going to happen. Richie came to you last night, and you weren't there. So now you're going to have to go to Richie. And I went, where is he? He went, Connecticut. And I'm like, how do I get there? <laughs> he goes, you get a train. Yeah. I said, you want me to get a train? He yeah. goes. In America? Yeah. Do they have trains? <laughs> he goes, you go to Grand Central Station yeah. and you get a train and he tells you what to do. And I'm thinking, oh. No, you know. You're like, what now? Plus, have I got any money? You know, because in those days, yeah, you know, you we just, weren't, yeah. well, well, you were. You were fucking holding, folding, you were. Was I? Oh, actually, not in 85. You probably still no. at college, weren't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. Now, 
Well, I, yeah. So, um, okay. He goes, and the other thing is, is when you get to Connecticut, uh, there's going to be a football match and you're going to play in it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, oh, I didn't bring like... my boots. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. Oh, I don't have any kit. I didn't go, don't worry, we'll get you yeah. some kit. Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, at this you point. You should have said, I want Adidas gazelles. <laughs> I only have. Yeah. A, I only play with a number oh, eleven only, on my back. Yeah, and I only play with Adidas. My yeah. lucky Adidas. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, you know, I've got to go to the. St- I've got to find Grand Central Station. Yeah. I've well, got to get a fa- train to Connecticut. Gra- that's not the hard part. <laughs> no, but Grand- have you ever been to Grand Central? Yeah, sta- it's it, massive. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, once you're there, yeah, but you can't miss it. That's what I'm saying. No, no, you get there, but <laughs> yeah. when you get there, what do you do? Where yeah. do you go? It's really confusing. You have to very <laughs> confusing. Excuse me. Yeah. What do you want? And also, yeah. it's full of yes. pimps yeah. and what drug addicts. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. You're going to get ki- you hang around Grand Central Station, you're looking like killed. you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. That's you. That's you. Got to wind up on Forty Second Street, pimping you your ass. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I do. Making couple bucks. Yeah. So you could still um, be there, and, and also you could be the oldest rent boy in New York, the a rent, think, ma- a rent man. <laughs> it's not a big demand for rent men. Rent pensioner. Yeah, yeah. You see, no demand for rent men. But when you yeah. get to like you know whatever the equivalent of a milf is. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. A, 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 a gill, oh, a gill oh, for grandfather I'd like to go out with around the back of Grand Central Station. Gr- grandfather I'd like to give five bucks to yeah, yeah. and get him to gum me in the alley. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a possible career. That was career. what was going to happen if you that didn't was, get the train I, to Connecticut. If I didn't get the train to Connecticut. And then when yeah. I get to Connecticut, I've got to play fucking football with this guy. It's like, for fuck's sake. I was only supposed to be a 10-minute phoner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How has my life turned into this fucking nightmare? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So I don't sleep because I'm so stressed about this whole thing. Uh, and in the morning, the bloke rings me and he goes, have you left the hotel yet? I said, no. <laughs> he said, okay, he goes, um, we'll, go, we'll send a car. Oh, thank yeah. God. Thank yeah. God. About time. Uh and then when I'm in the car, the other thought occurs, where am I going? I don't know where Connecticut is. Yeah. They could be driving me to the edge of the ocean to tip me in the sea. That's, like, that's slightly paranoid of you, that. You will be, listen, if, if you've just spent the 24 hours I had on yeah. a plane, taxi, weird yeah. hotel bar, yeah, yeah, he yeah. waited for you for an hour, yeah. you know. But he did He wasn't even there. Yeah, but I don't Because he's that. in Connecticut. <laughs> How did he get to Connecticut? That's what you should have been asking. No, I did ask Can't that. I go with Richie? Because he's <laughs> obviously here, because I've just fucking missed him. So, um, anyway, I'm in this limo, and I get to some place in Connecticut, and it's now, it's now Saturday night, yeah. and um, uh, they didn't drag me to the game. They had the game without me. <laughs> Much like the Kerrang football team. Much like the Kerrang football team, I wasn't involved in the actuality. Yeah. Yeah. When the team list went up on the office notice board, <laughs> not selected, wall M. Not even in the squad. A- available but not selected. Yes. Yeah. So um, uh, so I'm, I'm told, I don't know how I learned this, but it, it's eventually conveyed to me that, okay, so you're not going to go to the football, but Richie, every Saturday night, goes to the same restaurant. So we're going to send you to this restaurant in Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. And I'm in You've the car. You've been better off hiring a private detective at this point. 
I'm saying to the bloke in the car, like a kidnap victim trying yeah. to bond. I'm like, so uh, when we get there, will you yeah. be? You'll be waiting for me, will yeah, you? Yeah, because I've got to get back to no, New York, I, buddy. To get a plane to go back to... I'm getting the plane that night to go yeah, back to yeah, England. that's what I mean. This yeah. is stressful. You ain't getting it from Connecticut. No. Yeah. So I've got... It, so I'm yeah. like, so you'll wait for... He goes, no, I don't know. I'm just, my job is just to drop you. I don't know what yeah. happens after that. So I'm like, oh, great. So two hours later, we pull up at some restaurant in Connecticut. Yeah. And I get out of the car and as I'm walking to the restaurant, he drives off. I'm like, oh, oh Richie. No, no, the driver. Okay. That would have been brilliant. So now if I'm that was the last thing you saw, was Richie pulling out of <laughs> the parking lot, with a football, tapping his watch. A football with one hand yeah, yeah. and a Ouija tapping board in the other. Tapping his watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time do you call this? Yeah. I waited yeah. for you. I, I so, was eat at six. So I got, yeah, it was like that. Yeah. yeah. So I get in the restaurant and I say to them, <laughs> is there a table for Mr. Blackmore? You know, God, he'd be like the bloke in the bar. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And they went, there is, yeah, he's not here yet, but if you... And so I sit at this table, and of course, half an hour, da, 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 and eventually I see a car in the parking lot pull up and out gets Blackmore, plus whoever his bird was at the time, yeah. and a couple of other people. There's a party of four, you know. And they come in, he sits opposite me, and uh, and we did a fantastic interview. Yeah. Um, he was just hilarious, but without ever cracking a smile, always deadpan. Did he did he say that he'd been in New York or No, it wasn't even mentioned. No. Didn't even he wasn't come there. He was because he wasn't he, there. He was laughing. Yeah. Laughing at the idiot journalist. Yeah. He, and then we so we had a meal, I, we did the interview, and then there was a car to that came and picked me up and took me straight to the airport to get the plane home. Um but he was uh he was delightful company. And what struck me was how intelligent he was. Yeah. Um, I think that's partly it because I think, you know, we both know it, when you've been on the road, especially for the years and years he's been on the road, there's a, the boredom factor is incredibly high. And if you're not the kind of person who's endlessly entertained by drinking, parties, whatever, well, you know. Well, that gets old really, really quickly. It gets quickly. old quick, yeah. And I think, you know, you get this sense of, Ennui, as they say, you know, and you're just bored a lot of the time. If you're clever like him, then what do you do? You wind people up for your own entertainment. You find ways of, you know, oh, you know, I mean, you could almost see him when he, oh, I've got this phone book. I wonder if I could get the guy to come to New York. You know, it's that oh, yeah. I'm bored. I, I I'm can't bored be... and I'm powerful and I can, you know. I don't really want to do this. So I've got to tell tell you, him I'd... to come and meet me. The other the other week, two, two of my great sort of tales of going to rock stars' houses, <laughs> it, last year or year before or whatever. Well, not, you know, um, with you, it's not so much going to rock. You, you live in live a house here, they said, surrounded okay, by well, rock it, stars. Yeah, okay, so... Uh, uh, do you want to go and interview Russ Ballard? Right. Oh, so, right. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Since yeah. you've been exactly, gone. Exactly, since you've been gone. Since you've you know, been all gone. All the other stuff he'd written, you know. He also wrote, yeah. uh, God gave rock and roll to you. you. So, okay, he lives in uh, Hertfordshire. Which is, I mean, again, it's not too far. It's a drive, you know. So go go out to... Uh, did you to, drive there from your mansion? I did, in to a, his mansion. A, on one I, of those it was mountain... Like mansion to mansion transport. <laughs> There's different roads and everything. Well, secret to, roads. Yeah, you don't have to go there on the normal roads. And were you on there. one of those, what do they call those bikes that you penny drive Penny farthing. On? Hey? No, not a penny farthing. No, no, they're motorised. <laughs> what do you call them? <laughs> you see the farmers oh, on... Oh, yeah, oh, um, I know what you mean, yeah. Like a 
The yeah, thing, don't Aussie, pretend... Aussie fell off it, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. Bike. Quad bike. Yeah, don't yeah. tell me you haven't got a fleet of fleet, quad bikes. Fleet to Hertfordshire quad bike. And as you're track. going this way, yeah. you see Brian May going that I'll way. I'll come on the... <laughs> Russ, I'm coming on the quad bike. Yeah. He's like, that gives me an idea yeah. for a song. song. Yeah. So anyway, on go, my yeah. bike. Anyway, go go to Russ Ballard's house. I didn't. I mean, I you know, obviously, we joke about research. I did a bit you know, of research because no, I didn't Ru- know. Puff, sorry, to interrupt. No, do. <laughs> but apart from the great rockers, uh, we know Russ Ballard for. He also yeah. Russ also wrote Russ also wrote a lot of ballads. <laughs> he wrote Russ Ballads. He wrote. He did. He also wrote. What was the big hot? He wrote a big hit for Hot Chocolate. Um, not you, sexy thing. There are. So uh, you win again. Yes. So you win again. Anyway, let me tell you. So I go to go to Russ's house. Yeah, he offered that to Richie. It was. He offered that to Richie. Well, let me tell you the fucking story. Jesus. So I go to the. Welcome to, to my world. <laughs> so go to his house. It's sort of a misty morning, you know. We're sitting in a misty morning. And I couldn't work out whether like just Russ lived there, or because it, 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 we were sitting in this lovely conservatory, horses in the paddock. I can see his <laughs> swimming pool. All of it. Turns out it wasn't just Russ living there. But you could have ridden so, a horse. So there. we start talking. And he was such an interesting guy. Talking about he grew up around there. He's talking about his childhood, and he was like Richie was really good at football until he went. Uh, one day, he's he, going out with these lads, you know, this back in the sort of 60s, early 60s or whatever, when he was a kid. And, you know, you used to be able to just go out and roam back then. You'd say to your mum in the morning, oh, I'm going out with my mates. And you'd come back at six o'clock. No one knew where you'd been. My mum used to literally open the front door and kick you me go. out. Yeah. I don't want to see off you for eight come, hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. come back. But, he, but it was essentially safe, except on this day, he was out with these kids and they'd taken an air pistol out into the woods to mess about with. And he was shot in the eye with it. That's why he used to wear the glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he really? in, and he ended. He was in um, what's the, uh, Moorfield, the eye hospital. He oh told me this God. whole story. It was a terrible story with bandages round. He couldn't see out of either eye. It's like bandages round his face for weeks on end because they were trying to save his eyesight. Wow. So this long story, and that sort of cost him his football ambitions because he he was went blind in that eye and it wow. affects your vision and your balance and all sorts of things. What if you go blind? Yeah. I've heard that. I've heard that. Actually, what what does happen, again, he was very interested in this, what does happen is your your other eye adapts brilliantly and your if you just cover up your eye now, you lose all your depth perception and all that sort of but eventually your eye will compensate. Your other right. eye will compensate. Right. Which is what happened to him, but never quite enough for him right. to play football again. But so he starts, he learned the guitar and he's, he was in that band. They were called something like four plus two or something. And they, his first hit was concrete and clay. Oh, wow. Which that's what beneath my feet begins to crumble. He the didn't concrete write that, did he? Clay. He didn't write it. He, he played guitar and sang on it, I think. Wow. And then so the, guy, the guy who did write it started getting him to write, and that was how he worked. Out. And we're sitting in his conservatory, and he's got his guitar, and he's going, oh, do you know this one? Do you know that one? He's doing all these. So it was a great day, really interesting. One of those people you interview, and you think, will he be interesting or will we be? No, he goes, do you want to come to lunch? We went down into the town and had lunch. He's telling, telling the stories. He, he's talking about the residuals you get. And like how much money he makes, basically from the songs. Yeah, from the songs. And he goes, uh, you know, obviously God gave rock and roll to you. That was ma- it, that became massive when it was in uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. He goes that just went through the roof when it was in. Was that, that the Kiss version in the, Bill and first Ted? First of all, 
Yeah, I think it was Kiss in Bill and Ted. Argent did it first, and he was obviously in Argent yeah. and had written it for Argent. Right. Um, but then he uh, then he said, uh, "What you got to do?" He goes, "You got to write a song with New York in the title if you want to make money." And he'd written a song called New York Groove. He, he goes, wrote New York Groove. He wrote New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes. He said um, back in the New York, New York Groove. Yeah, yeah. He said advertisers he goes i've just had a check he goes 250,000 euros it's been used in germany on some football advert really because because it's got new york in the title and advertisers they're always looking for mm. you know that so we do all this and we go back then anyway, so we then go back to the house again he goes do you want to come in the piano room i was like yeah and he's gonna <laughs> and he's gonna show me how he wrote since you've been gone you know which was amazing Fantastic. so he goes and he goes so i wrote it at the piano which you wouldn't have necessarily thought. And he starts playing at the piano. and he, But it makes perfect. And he said, I get the same old dreams, same time every night, fall to the ground. And he's t- showing me the version that he wrote. And he goes, but what Richie did brilliantly, because someone else recorded it in the interim. It had been recorded before Rainbow recorded it. And I can't remember who it was that did it. But um, so he goes, what Richie did brilliantly was turn the piano thing into that great guitar riff you know and and made it a massive hit and he said that happened quite often and he and then he does the hot chocolate one he goes so you win again you know and it was and it was just an ins- it was like a masterclass on how to do this stuff and then he did uh, he did a whole album with america you remember america yeah horse with no horse name with no name well america done horse with no name and that ventura highway and all of that and had then gone into a kind of fallow period where they couldn't write so they got Russ Ballard, and he did a couple of albums with it. And he wrote, you could do magic. Really? You could do anything you want, which is another massive he was kind of America. He was kind of he was Desmond the Child he was before the guy. Desmond I mean, Child. He, you know, he's going through all these songs he wrote. And, but anyway, at the end he goes, uh, so he goes, uh, it, it, I'll tell you when it was. It was just when Rainbow, you know they did that tour two or three years ago? Yeah. Or was it maybe longer than that, maybe five years ago now? It was then, that's what I meant, because he goes... Uh, someone from Blackmore's office called up and said, we're doing the O2. Do you want to come along? And he, and he said, oh, that's nice of Richie to remember, you know. So, <laughs> and it was like your story goes down to the O2. And it, oh, Russ Ballard, you know, who? You're not. But he knows someone on the door or something. So they, he get, it turns out he gets in and he's on the side of the stage waiting for the sound check, you know. And he sees Blackmore look up and Blackmore goes, what are you doing here? <laughs> And he goes, well, you invited me down. He goes, no, no, I didn't. Don't think I did. You know, he goes, anyway, he goes, oh, I suppose you want to do, uh, I suppose you want to do since you've been gone. And, and Russ Ballard's like, I don't want to do any of it. You, you know, asked kind of, me to come. You asked me to, I suppose you want to do since you've been gone. So he says, all right, well, yeah, okay, you come on when we do that. And then he goes, but we don't play all of it. We just play, <laughs> we just play a bit of it, right? And so Russ Why Ballard, did they just play a bit of it? I don't know, because they, do, they did it in a medley or something. I did see the show, and I think he's right. I, I think they kind of did this medley bit where they might, maybe did I Surrender and... You know, it's Wouldn't Richard, it be better just Richard to do Richard never the, does no, what no, you do, want him to do, no, does he? do the 20-minute whiddly-whiddly yeah. medley. Yeah. Give no, us the no, hits. No. So, but so he goes, they start doing Since You've Been Gone, and Richie sort of beckons him out, you know, and Russ goes out, and he says, he starts playing, and he goes... And then I realised my guitar isn't turned on. <laughs> <laughs> and you never know with Blackmore, he's got such a dry sense of humour. 
whether that's him just having fun or what. You know, and it, I mean, and Ross it, Ballard didn't mind at all. You know, he was, he's that sort of lovely personality where he just thought it was funny. And I think also we've talked about this in other podcasts where, um, you know, the thing that makes a particular artist brilliant is sometimes the thing that, uh, I mean, Axel is the great example, but is the thing that also makes them impossible to be around. Yeah. Um, but Blackmore, his references, uh, musical references, are so broad. Um, and it's not just I love medieval or I love classical or I love whatever it might be, you know, heavy rock or something. Um, it is completely full spectrum because all these guys grew up in an era where there wasn't heavy rock and there weren't albums. It was popular song. And... Um, uh, you know, just to backtrack a little bit, you know, so this precipitates this huge falling out with Ian Gillen because Richie, for a laugh... Is this the first time, first time or the second time? Because they fall out again, don't they? they? It's the first time. Yeah. Um, and Blackmore just is a contrarian. You know, Gillen's a real kind of meat and potatoes and Blackmore is, now. I'll have the truffle yeah. sauce and the yeah. caviar guitar, yeah. you know. Um so it all just ends badly. And then second time, same thing. Richie is just sending them all mad. He won't come out to do an encore. <laughs> you know, all this yeah. stuff that... If he'd come out and done the encore, we would never be talking about that show. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't. And yeah. so suddenly it's... Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. They yeah. don't realise he's actually burnishing the brand in many ways. Mm. They're just like, does not make sense, crowd, encore. Yeah. Richie, you're letting we, us down. No, no, yeah. no, I'm creating a well, legend. Listen, it's funny you said that because I remember doing a story about the California Jam quite recently as well. Where Deep and Purple, it, yeah. that was the first time Coverdale, the Coverdale and Glenn uh, Hughes uh, uh, lineup. Yeah, and Richie did the, exactly the same thing at that show, smashed his guitar, first of all refused to go on stage because he concocted some argument about the billing. And then when he did go on, was told, there's someone coming on after you, I can't remember who it was, but you know, this, the turnaround times are quick. So he smashes his guitar up on the stage, sets fire to it, breaks an amplifier or something, causes absolute chaos to the point where he's almost arrested after the show. But it's what everyone remembers. Exactly. It's the bit everyone remembers. That's right. He did nearly get arrested. Yeah. I think they had to skedaddle like yeah, they super had to, fast. Yeah, they one of those ones where he's pushed out in a... <laughs> A flight case or something. You know? And can you imagine David Coverdale, his first big first show gig. in America? Because there's 300,000 people yeah. at this thing. And yeah. here's Blackmore going nuts. It must have been like, yeah. I don't get what it. What is this? It's, isn't yeah. this our crowning moment? No. Yeah. This is the moment where I'm going to be really pissed yeah. off. Yeah. And this, but this is what he was brilliant at. And then the same thing, not the same thing, but uh, similarly with Dio, and it wasn't just Ronnie... It was just most noticeable with Ronnie because that seemed to be almost like self-harm. Yeah. That, that... Well, I remember interviewing Graham Bonnet when he was appointed to be the singer in Rainbow. And he said literally his first introduction, he hadn't he hadn't met any of them. We'd met Richie maybe. Go to the, you know, same as you. <laughs> right, go to this studio. A car will pick you up. You know, Richie will be there. Walks into the studio and... Walking, the first person he sees walking past him is Ronnie Dio, like fucking swearing and you know, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'd just left the band, you know, wow, just had the news from Richie. Well, I mean, um, Richie, 
having having rejected Deep Purple, the group that he'd made famous, because Glenn Hughes and David Coverdale want to go in a funkier direction, which to, to remind people in 75, 76, that was very much the, uh, the norm. I mean, yeah. the Stones were doing yeah. Miss You, yeah. Yeah. Elton was doing Philadelphia, Bowie did Young Americans, Rod Stewart did Do You Think I'm... It, it, just disco and funk was, yeah. was a... Kiss a did I Was Made For Loving You. I was made for loving you, baby. Which was obviously the best iteration of yeah. funk Written by Desmond disco. Child, who, Desmond. who learned at the knee of Russ Ballard. As we call him, the American Russ Ballard. That's yeah. right. Um, I mean, it's very similar. Desmond Child, Russ Ballard. There's something... Yeah. Something about There's that. a Venn diagram. There is. There, there is. There is. So... Um, Having walked out of Deep Purple, um, because they're not going in, they're not maintaining that kind of neoclassical mm. thing, prog, if you like, he gets Dio in, the perfect foil. The two of them wrote great, so Kill the King. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Well, Stargazer, absolute Stargazer. Classic. Yeah. Wow. Know, Rising's a great album. It's a great album. Tarot Woman. And so is, um, you know, On Stage. On Stage and, and, and Long Live Rock and Roll, another yeah. great record. Yeah. And, um, but what's sticking in his craw by 1978, was it, when Dio left? Um, Foreigner have come along. Yeah. Boston have yes. come along. Yes, And these guys are all over American Kansas radio. Kansas had a massive hit, didn't they? Wayward Son. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. But, I mean, I think Foreigner in particular stuck, yeah. in, bo- and, and stuck in his craw because... You know, Mick Jones was British. Yeah. He was like the Blackmore of Foreigner. Yeah. And he'd also, same age as Blackmore, same session background. Um, and yet he's have, he's selling millions in yeah. America and having see, huge hits. And uh, Rainbow were word. pretty much a flopper. See, I mean, maybe this is the interesting thing, is the one thing Blackmore couldn't do was write those sort of songs. You know, the Russ Ballard, the Mick Jones, those kind of songs. Well, through Roger Glover... Because you wouldn't say it directly, but through Roger Glover, who was producing the next Rainbow album, said to Ronnie, Richie wants you to, you know, do something that can get on the radio. I think that's probably why they wrote Long Live Rock and Roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But then Richie had a great idea to do um, Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow. Oh, God. Yeah, can you imagine? And I remember talking to Ronnie a couple of years before he died, and we were talking about this, and... And he was um, he was very very tactful, but he said, "If you want to know why you know we split," he said, "You've only got to look at what Rainbow did next." Um, he said, "I wasn't yeah. I wasn't interested in writing songs like that." And in fact, what Rainbow did next, when they headlined Donington, I think in nineteen eighty. If you go on YouTube, you'll actually see they do like a, a ten-minute version of "Will You Still Love Me oh, Tomorrow" with Graham oh, Bonnet singing. Oh God! Yeah. Uh, and apparently, they did record it, but didn't release it. I think wiser heads prevailed, mm. and that's when they went to Russ Ballard and basically said, "Got any hits we yeah, can record?" Yeah. And he did do a tremendous. I mean, the guitar on "Since You've Been Gone." Yeah, is I mean, it did, if you hear the original version, you'll hear how much Blackmore changed it. I mean, yeah. the tune is the same. The arrangement is completely different, and it, it's the arrangement that really changed. Them. And also, then Russ also wrote "I Surrender," yeah. which again, you know, I mean, because the singer's different, it sort of almost doesn't sound like Rainbow again. You well, know, it, that, it could be any generic. Yeah, eighty, you know, Journey, yeah. 
uh, yeah, probably that foreigner, era. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Who wrote all night long? I don't know who wrote all night long. Don't hmm. know. Okay. Um, Maybe it was Russ. Russ probably wrote everything. But he, but again, he seems to with since you've been gone. I mean, Bonnet lasted one album. Well, Bonnet was very funny. The time I interviewed Bonnet was very funny about what it was like to work with Blackmore, and he, and again. Um, no ill feelings at all because it it made his career. You know, he was an Australian guy who was basically a, a blue-eyed soul singer, yeah. you know, um, had been in a band called Marbles, I think, something like that. Yeah, Marbles. absolutely, yeah. So he'd never sung rock but had this, discovered via Richie, had this great rock voice, changed his career, changed his life, gave him a completely different life. So I think he's very grateful for that but describing the experience of being with Blackmore and the insanity around that and I think it was it Donington where he cut his hair or it was one yeah. show where he cut oh, his hair famously it was Donington yeah because and Richie had specifically, specifically asked said, him to grow yeah, his yeah grow your hair he said Bonnet said I just got fed up and went out and got my hair cut <laughs> and he said Blackmore hadn't seen him till they got on stage and all he could feel was this death stare behind him you know and I think for all the joking about Blackmore if he felt that death stare oh yeah you know, you knew the end was nigh. Don Airy, who was in Rainbow... Don Airy's been in everybody's yeah. band, hasn't he? But he was when his time in Rainbow. Um, I remember him telling me about... He said, Richie had this, you know, on stage, this almost nonchalant... Not nonchalant, but, you know, uh, you know he's not one of the gang. Uh, he's just into his own thing. He's this impenetrable aura. He said, but he watched everything mm. every single thing he said but he could be very funny as well he said for instance one of the things i used to do every night was rap during one of blackmore's big solos he used to lean back into the amps to the to the point where the amps were tilting 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 he said but he would always have two roadies <laughs> on the other side yeah. of the amps holding the amps up so that he would be but you wouldn't see them from yeah, the audience. Yeah. so he'd be tilting back and you see the amp going this <laughs> huge amp all the way, all the way. And people go, oh, no, no, no. He said, but one night he did it and whatever had happened, there'd been some emergency, a cable had gone or something and the two roadies were off doing that and they weren't there. Oh, no. So he's leaning back on the amp, you know, diddly, 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 yeah. leaning back on the amp and the amp starts to tilt start, and then there's no one there so it just starts to fall. Christ. He goes, and as Richie is literally about to hit the deck, he looks at Don and he just points at him, your turn. <laughs> Wow. So, so Don had to fill yeah, in yeah, yeah. for ten minutes on wow. the on the keyboards yeah. while people came and picked up a very yeah. um, put out yeah. Mr. Blackmore yeah. uh, and dusted him down and sent him out there wow. again. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Richie, you know, he wants success, but he wants to be different. He doesn't get the recognition he deserves as this one of the greatest guitarists that ever lived. Not in the same way. I mean, D Deep Purple never had that thing that Zeppelin had, which was this kind of resurgence of interest. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're they're bigger now than when they were alive. When they were alive, when they were playing. Yeah. Um, Sabbath had it. Zeppelin had it. Purple have never had it. Um, I remember trying to talk Metal Hammer about 10 years ago into doing something on Deep Purple. And I had to say, but they were Lars Ulrich's favourite group. Uh, but this, but that, Yngwie, blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And no, there was no name recognition at all, you know. Um, so there's all this going on. He gets Rainbow, he gets it all his own way. 
But it wasn't just Ronnie, you know. I mean, he, he recorded the album with Ronnie and the members of Elf. And then before it, and before they can begin touring, he sacks them all apart from Ronnie. They do Rainbow Rising. Yeah. That group never record another record together. True. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Bain is just fired at the end of the the world tour that on stage um, came out of. Yeah. Um, and by the time you get to Long Live Rock and Roll, Richie plays most of the bass on that. Uh, Bob Daisley came in right at the end. Oh yeah, Bomber Bob. There you go. Um, Tony Carey played on a little bit of it because he wanted rid of him as well. Yeah, but he they was couldn't... being constantly sort of fired, stroke, re-employed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richie couldn't stand him. Apparently, yeah. he was a very loud American, and everything that Richie found yeah. a, a bore. Um, but everybody, they, every time they tried to replace him, it didn't work out. Yeah. So he ended up doing the beginning of the album, and then they got rid of him. Um, and then you get Graham Bonnet, and they have this huge success with Since You've Been Gone. And you think, okay, this might not be my favourite version of Rainbow, but you can see what he's doing. And Bonnet's gone after one album. Yeah. Uh, and suddenly it's Bobby Rondinelli on drums. It's probably... Joe Lynn Turner. Joe Lynn Turner Here on comes. Vocals. Here comes probably, Joe. Probably Don Airy on keyboards. Probably and, was, yeah. And Roger Glover yeah. on back from Deep Purple. On, yeah. I mean, it just is this revolving door. Yeah. And then that goes out the window and he reforms Deep Purple, who 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 do have a big American hit. Because this is the thing that drove Richie mental, was Rainbow never had a look-in chart-wise mm. in America. Um, Deep Purple come back and Perfect Street Rangers Perfect becomes a top Strangers. ten album. And then that goes south with House of Blue Light, the follow-up. Oh, yeah. Because it wasn't as good. And mm. also the novelty. I remember Rod Smallwood, Iron Maiden's manager... He said something very, I thought, astute to me at the time. The what we call the Mark II lineup of Purple got back together and did Nebworth and had the big yeah, comeback yeah. album, Perfect Strangers. He said, "The day you reform is the day you cease to be a legend." Yeah, that's true. A lot of truth in that. So there was this huge attention to Perfect uh, Strangers, but then the follow-up, it was like. Yeah, and now yeah. they've got some guy who isn't Richie Blackmore, aren't they? And they're just a band, yeah. Yeah, well, they're just they're just uh, they're a classic band. So it's a jukebox. It's vintage. Yeah, they keep doing new albums that no one cares. Yeah. Uh, but they've not got Richie. To me, it's not. I wouldn't go and see because they've not got Richie. Tommy Bolin, who replaced Richie for the final Purple album, I don't think he was obviously a particularly good fit for Purple. No, no, no but I'm talking about he the was guy an amazing guitarist. That guy they've got now, Steve Morse. Steve Morse, that's mm. it. Well, again, Morse. a very, very. I'm sure he's very good. Yeah, mm. but ain't Richie, is it? No, it ain't Richie. No. There's your answer. Yeah, but what does Richie do? You know, he could have he could have ridden that wave. I mean, before Ronnie died. I remember another good friend of ours saying saying um, that there were gigantic offers on the table from Japan for the Dio lineup of Rainbow yep. to get back together. No that album, be, nothing, because they were huge yeah. in Japan. I mean, they yeah. go and play twenty dates there, where most groups are going to do two. You yeah. know? Um, and Richie wasn't. Ronnie would have done it, I'm sure. Richie, no. Just not, I'm not looking yeah. back. Yeah. Um, and of course, as you mentioned, he did get a version of Rainbow back. A few he did years with ago. the guy who was who sounded the guy like Dio who was the singer. To me. Well, he sounded like all of them. That was the amazing thing. He was really good in that 
he could sort of do all of their voices. Right. Like he sounded a bit like Dio, but he sounded a bit like Graham Bonnet, and he sounded a bit like Joe Lynn Turner. When he sang, when he sang, when he sang those songs, yeah. Because yeah. they did a great, they did a comeback track, which of course I can't remember, but I remember hearing yeah. it thinking, this is great. It sounds yeah. like Ronnie singing, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's a, I think he's Argentinian or something, the guy who did it. You're not a friend of the singer in Journey, is he? <laughs> he might be. Found him on YouTube. Yeah, your geographical confusion <laughs> over the singer in Journey we've been into before. He was de- he's definitely from South America, somewhere like that. But yeah, no, and the show was great. I saw the show in Birmingham, and and he, uh, Richie's wife came out and did backing vocals. Candice, Candice Knight, which is Fantastic, a great name, isn't it? Yeah, Candice Knight, Black Knight's Day. I love yeah. that. Yeah, Black Knight. And was she dressed as a knight? No, she was dressed as a girl. Was she dressed as Maid yeah. Marian? Sort of, yeah, kind of. Because she is, be- she's a beautiful, Very beautiful woman. She's a Renaissance woman, she's and she, she and and she's got a great voice. Yeah, she has. And I've never seen the uh, the Blackmore's Night Show, but again, Blackmore is so dry and so tongue in cheek. It's hard to work out what bits of it he really likes and what bits he just thinks this is just a laugh, you know. Well, I remember on Classic Rock in the early couple of years of Classic Rock magazine. And, um, you know, we would send people to review them. And it was great. The tickets would have things on, would, would say, you know, if you want to, I forget the wording, but it was like, if you if you want to come in period costume, yeah, yeah. that's encouraged. Richie, Richie comes out, he's got all the kind of lace-up boots and all yeah. the rest of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he looks, looks like, like the Robin. witch finder general, yeah, 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 yeah. buckle on his hat. I was going to say, he looks like, you know, the Robin Hood in the 1940s film. <laughs> Or Vincent Price yeah, as the witch kind of. finder yeah, general. That's what he looks like. Yeah, uh, and and the beautiful Maid Marian. Yeah, he's doing the singing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and who who who? Honestly, of all the amazing rock guitarists, of all the amazing rock figures, and and rock is blessed and honoured to have so many fucking lunatics in it, and marvelous characters. Whether it's Lemmy or Axel or you know, whoever it is. Here is Richie. Who of them, other than Richie Blackmore, would want to go medieval on yeah, your ass? Yeah. Richie's gone medieval yeah. on your ass, motherfucker. Yeah. And he ain't kidding. I mean, this is a, he's probably been doing this longer now. Oh, yeah, they, yeah they've done a lot of albums, haven't they? Yeah. And I mean, probably because he can't fire the singer. Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise but, he won't get his tea. But they make great music. They do, no, they They great, make yeah. great yeah. music. Yeah. And I would love for you and me to, to go, go the next time they play. Yeah. But in costume, obviously. Yeah. Well, too, you come around and wait for me in the lobby. I'll meet you down there. <laughs> I'm going to come as Friar Tuck. Yeah, good. good. <laughs> and you could come as Little John. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so much fun. Anyway, Richie, we love you. We salute you. Totally salute you. Yeah. You are fucking God. Yeah. Cheers, Rich. Cheers, Rich. And Candice. And Candice, yeah, as well. Ooh. And and, uh, and Ronnie and all the guys. And all the guys. All those guys. Yeah, all right, that'll yeah. do. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a review, share it with a friend, or plain old subscribe wherever you listen to it. To getcha some conversation online, follow us on Twitter at GetchaPod. Until next time. This has been a No Filter Media production. Say what you want.